Today is Maundy Thursday, and this devotional comes from Rich Wounds, The Countless Treasures of the Life, Death, and Triumph of Jesus by David Mathis, published by The Good Book Company. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Mark 14.41 All Jesus' human life anticipated this hour. Every careful attempt at minding the messianic secret. Every emotional investment poured gladly into his disciples. Every glimpse of the ocean of his kindness as he healed the blind, the mute, the lame, and the demonized, and even raised the dead. Now it is Thursday, and the hour has come. All history hinges on this hour, and it is utterly terrifying. Jesus must decide, will he turn to protect his own skin and soul, or will he stay the course and embrace his Father's perfect and painful will? His dying began long before this hour, but now in Gethsemane he must face the death to self that comes before the death at Calvary. Never has a soul been in such anguish. Never has a human been so undeserving of death. Never has anyone else faced such horror. To be made sin on behalf of others. To put himself forward in our place. His hour has come. Even as early as John 2, when Jesus turned water to wine, he knew, my hour has not yet come, John 2, 4. But he acknowledged that his hour would come, and it shaped him from the beginning. When he went up to Jerusalem privately for the Feast of Booths, he knew, my time has not yet come, John 7, 6. Once he began to teach publicly, it wasn't long before they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him. Why was he spared? John explains, because his hour had not yet come. Verse 30. Then again, in John 8, during this same appearance in the holy city, he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him. Again, John cites the reason for his invincibility. For now, because his hour had not yet come. Verse 20. But when Jesus finally came to this grave and prescient Passover week, he knew that, at long last, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. John 12:23-24. When Jesus reclined with his disciples in the upper room, he knew this was the hour. As he began his magnificent high priestly prayer that Thursday night, he prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. John 17.1 Why Maundy? In the English-speaking church, we have come to call this gut-wrenching night Maundy Thursday. Scholars suspect that the word Maundy comes from the Latin mandatum, meaning command. It's a reference to Jesus' charge to his disciples in that upper room after washing their feet and watching Judas depart. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. John 13, 34-35 Calling it Maundy Thursday, Thursday of the command, may give the wrong impression that the accent falls on our love, not that of Jesus. The focus of this Holy Thursday, however, 
is not the fresh charge to the church, love one another, but the unrepeatable act of her bridegroom, as I have loved you. When Jesus said on that first Maundy Thursday, as I have loved you, he was not mainly referring to his washing of the disciples' feet. He was looking forward to what the foot washing foreshadowed, to his own death the next day, and the ultimate sacrifice he would make to rescue them. Their sin, and ours, justly deserved the omnipotent wrath of God. Jesus' demonstration of his love for us would require far more than foot washing, and even more than mere physical death. Anguish in the Garden When Jesus finished praying in the upper room, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. John 18.1 His hour had come, and this would be the garden of agony. His hour of literally excruciating suffering to come at Calvary would be preceded by emotional and spiritual agony past understanding. Here in the garden, he must make the final choice to subject himself to hell itself. He must embrace the pain, not just endure it. He must choose the nails and the darkness. He must step forward to receive his Father's holy wrath. He must welcome his hour. If there ever was a holy panic, this was it. He began to be greatly distressed and troubled. Mark 14.33 Fully human, he confessed, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Being in agony, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Mark 14.35 So great was his torment that his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Luke 22.44 He offered loud cries and tears. Hebrews 5.7 As he hung by a thread, there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Luke 22.43 Anguish for joy. He knew that hell itself was coming. How then could he embrace it in all its horror? Earlier that very night, he had told his men what his hour would mean. Anguish for joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been brought into the world. John 16.21 In all the terror and torment, and all his sorrow and distress, he chose the cross because he tasted the joy to come. Isaiah had prophesied, Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. Isaiah 53.11 Duty alone could not carry this hour. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Hebrews 12.2 At last he resolved, Not my will, but yours be done. He would obey his father's command. Never again. Never before had a human heart, mind, and will faced what Jesus did in the garden. And never again will God require it. His son's trip into Gethsemane was utterly different than any garden of anguish into which God might lead us. Those who hate God will soon enough stand unshielded to face his omnipotent righteous wrath. But they will never do so on another's behalf. And they will never do so for the joy set before them, or out of love for the Father and his people. Never again will God walk one of his children through this garden of the shadow of death. We might indeed give our own lives in this world to save others here, but we cannot choose God's wrath in place of another's sin. 
What Jesus did on that Thursday evening is unique. And yet, this is the Thursday of the command. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Joy to echo such love. Having been loved like this, how can we not love one another? How can we not, as the beneficiaries of Christ's irreplaceable sacrifice, ache to empty our own selves for another's good? Having tasted such fullness from Him, how can we not gladly pour ourselves out to meet the needs of others? Yes, we will love as He commanded, but Maundy Thursday does not turn on our love. This is a night to marvel at what Jesus embraced for us, to be astounded at the uniqueness of His sacrificial love, to wonder that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, 1 John 4.10. On Maundy Thursday, we don't mainly shoulder up the charge to love others. We fall awestruck to our knees, face to the floor, and say, For me it was in the garden. He prayed not my will but thine. He had no tears for his own griefs, but sweat drops of blood for mine. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful, is my Savior's love for me. From I Stand Amazed by Charles H. Gabriel. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we gladly confess that our life, our all, turns not on our own love, but on Christ's. Greater love has no one than him. So, Father, we do want to love others well. We do ask for your help, acknowledging that the grace to love well is buried deep in the stores of Calvary's love. Make us more like your Son. Help our love and lives to echo his. Help us to marvel at his Maundy Thursday obedience as he faced the death to self that came before his death on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.